lost high. Oh, I'm working on an exciting new uh, project uh, imprint with uh, Penguin Random House in Del Rey and in Claw, um, and it's called Rachel Smith Presents. And what it is is it's uh, basically celebrating other creators who do work based on mythology and help bring their stories to life. And it's really exciting, and I can't wait to get started. Other creators. Um, touching on mythology, do you mean like mythology like outside of kind of the Greco-Roman pantheon? Or? Yes. Like, so from anywhere basically? Yes. So like at this stage, like it's at very early beginnings, so we haven't made those like complete decisions yet. Yeah, it will be, it, you know, it could be Greek mythology, but mythology in general, that's uh, what we're going for. Yeah. That sounds, I love that. Yeah. I'm so excited for that. Actually, uh, that kind of brings me, my first question I have for you is, when did your love for mythology start? I've liked it for a really, really long time, like since childhood. I think my uh, introduction to it is like really similar to a lot of people. So uh, Disney's Hercules came out, I believe I was in... I forget, I, I might have been a middle schooler, but I don't know because the education system is different here. But it came out and I watched it and I was like, well, I was very fond of it. I loved it very much. And of course, like many people who see something they like, they need to uh, research it a lot. And I basically, like me and my sister, were very much into it. And we, uh, I learned that Hades had a wife and I was like, he has a wife. Why wasn't she in the movie? She was actually in the movie. She's like in the background having a giant cocktail. Uh, yeah, if you look at the beginning bit of it, she's like got a drink, like a cocktail, like that's that big. Like it's hilarious. But I mean, look out for her. Um, she's talking to like a giant green man, I think. But anyway, yeah, no, I loved it and I researched it as a kid and just consumed as much as like humanly possible. And the rest is history. What is it, do you think? about Hades and Persephone that keep people kind of coming back to this trope, to this story, because you know, I'm obviously a very big fan of them as a couple of, of this trope kind of relationship. So what do you think it is about them? I think with Hades and Persephone, like particularly with the source material, it really lends itself to adaptation. There's a lot of like things that you can infer from reading it. Since so like, I don't want to like do the, the stories like to service by saying that they're not detailed because of course they are but they like prioritize different things because they're from a different time and I think oh gosh like it's very versatile in terms of retelling there's like a lot of ways you could take it ways to interpret it it's a fan it's a beautiful feminist story about like mother facing like bureaucracy and like misogyny and patriarchy and getting her daughter back so that's like a great story but it's also like it can be a, like a tragic romance like there's just it's very dynamic there's a lot you can do with it I personally like going back to like my childhood I remember reading about it and being like what was her day like what was Persephone's day like what did they do where'd they go what did they talk about where's the closet how big is it what are her outfits like did they like each other didn't they like each other maybe they liked each other later and there's just there's a lot you can do it's really fun even if I you know if I had to do it over and differently, I'd be like, yeah, again, <laughs> but different. Like, I could just, I love the story. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
Um, are there any other myths that you thought about retelling before Lore Olympus? That's a good question. Give me a sec. Because I know that I have. I know that I have. I really like... Uh, it's not a myth so much as it is a fable, I think, or a grim story. Like the Goose Girl. Which is like, if you're not familiar with the, the Goose Girl, it's like a princess and then she's got like a handmaiden and they have to travel somewhere for some particular reason and then on the way there her uh, handmaiden steals her identity like she like kicks her in a creek or something I don't know she's like you're done uh, and like basically takes over and turns up to her like betrothed and she's like I'm the princess and it's so it's great I'm like I think it's hilarious and basically like the little goose girl I think she gets called there because she looks after geese like she did that's her job and to me I'm like I mean, you're meant to root for the goose girl, but I'm like, she is a princess. I'm like, meh. And I'm like, to me, I'm really compelled by like the opposite end of like this identity theft story. And it's like, not the point of the story. The story is really about like being very good. Cause I think the goose, goose girl is like, I'll work hard on a farm and whisper my secrets to an oven. I think, and then like the oven feels sorry for her. I don't know, like Grimm's a wild, like <laughs> look out for it. It's very funny, but I'm like, I like that story it's great gosh I know there's others but I'm like having a brain meltdown today in this moment there's, there's so many to work with no I think that's the, the, the one that I really like oh there's like I've been learning a little bit more about like kind of Norse mythology but not like the like because I know we all know like Loki and Thor and stuff and they're very ubiquitous and everybody knows them um, but like one's more based on like Vikings and stuff like it's a little bit like divorced from that and it's a little harder to research but like they've got like some great like kind of warrior woman adventure stories which like I'm having a hard time like remembering like the exact names and titles but I'm like they're very beautiful like with lots of magical jewelry which I enjoy I feel bad because I can't cite anything right now but yeah something like that would be great yeah yeah Yes. Um, I think in the beginning I was more I think like one of the things about mythology is it does really lend itself to like creating a structure to a story because having like a whole new story can be very daunting and I think in the beginning I really lent on that but I think going forward I was like actually I can be like much more liberal with it um, because after all like I've never intended Laura Olympus to be like a beat for beat like you know authentic retelling it's more like you know honoring like the spirit of things if you will um, but I think yeah um, there's things where I'm like oh for example like Hades when he's in the underworld when Persephone goes there um, when she eats the pomegranate seeds or like sometimes it's just like eating the food there causes you to stay there and I'm like well why is Hades different in this case how does he just go there 
how is he just fine? So it was really interesting to like build for me to build in some like mechanics into the story that would show like what would happen to him when he went there, how come he's tied there. So that was really interesting to explore. And also like revisiting like what would happen when eating the seeds and how that affects Persephone in terms of story. So I think um, in terms of adaptation, it's really fun to try out something new because everyone knows the original stories and for me what's fun about it is I really love the idea of people seeing something that I've made and learning about Greek mythology and then going and checking it out the same way that I did with Disney's Hercules which again is like not like completely uh, faithful to the original stories but like you can't really Disney's not going to have like like Zeus running around having affairs and stuff like that like they, they can, that's not family friendly or like the planets aligning and all that kind of thing but it's like yeah I watched it enjoyed it and then learned about the source material you know and I think that's like a great thing yeah so the art form in Laurel and Biss really stands out for its vibrance it's quite beautiful how did you decide which colors would represent each character? So, for me, I look at what you can do in terms of storytelling. So a lot of, like, some of the pairs have, like, contemporary color matches. So uh, Hades is blue, Persephone is pink. And so together, it, you know, it looks very nice. And also the whole of the underworld like the environment is all blue so when Persephone goes there she sticks out and it's very vibrant and also when Hades goes to like Olympus which is often like very like pastel toned he sticks out and it's like that sort of mechanic for characters like let's say uh, maybe Ares so he changes colour when he's more angry and this is slightly based on um, one of my friends she had a baby who was a redhead and she like you know how babies like sometimes they have no eyebrows and you can preempt when her baby would get upset because you could see that the eyebrows would start setting in and they get like more red before she would get upset so that's why Aries is kind of like he's like an orangey sort of a, like a rusty color but as he gets more upset he gets more and more red so it's like sometimes it's just functionality things like that yeah that's, that's cute. Yeah. Um, so, one of the things I love about Laurel is like it was unafraid to tackle heavy topics. So obviously that comes with its own challenge, but were there any arcs or beats or moments that aren't inherently tough to tackle that you personally found unexpectedly tricky, I guess? I think what is difficult in terms of storytelling I don't know if this is a direct answer but this is something that I do struggle with is like you have to keep the story like interesting and fresh especially when it's like a long format story and of course you have to do like lots of cliffhangers and things to entice people to come back and one of the things is like introducing 
new stories and threads and then later on like resolving them and like tying them up in a way that's like elegant and satisfying to people and thematically correct so I think that's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done because I've always like in terms of like maybe the end of Laura Olympus I've always known what that was going to look like but with a long format story you kind of have to like refine it over time because sometimes you reach a point and you're like this no longer makes sense to me and I don't think it's actually as satisfying as I thought it was going to be and I think with endings you really have to like try your very best for people because I'm like this is what people will remember a lot about the series and like I've put so much effort into the end of mine and it's taken a lot out of me to do but I'm like yes it's good I worked really hard on it but it's like one of the biggest challenges of my life yeah I would say I like it. Um, earlier you were mentioning, of course, the pomegranates, which yes. is a huge component of the story. And something very unique about the way you tell the story is that there is a tone of agency. Uh, Persephone is choosing to do this. What about that theme of agency was important to you? I think it's good to honor like Persephone's character in the story. And like I think a huge part of her growth as a character is learning to have agency and I think you know based on like the content of the story and what we already know I think it would be kind of doing her a disservice to have some level of like not trickery because I don't I don't think that's like the correct word but just her not having a choice later on I feel like it would be a little bit of a step back and not that that's necessarily a bad thing because I feel like not all like development should be linear but in like for such a major moment it like had to be you know a choice and it had to be a growth thing so that's how I arrived there. I'm curious about the creative choice to have sort of the realm of the gods be you know sort of a rough parallel to our present day mm -hmm. but then when they go to the mortal world it's sort of the time period we think of when we think of, of mythology so I was just wondering what inspired that that creative choice and that disconnect or not disconnect but the kind of very distinct um, yeah that's a good question um, I think for me like it's a couple of factors one is like obviously I love Greek mythology so it feels like a missed moment to not have like those ancient world references and I'm kind of having my cake and eating it too because I'm like I get the fun of like the modern world but I also get to like research all of like the historical fashion and buildings and play with those sorts of things and I think in a way it can like potentially help uh, contextualize some of like those uh, more um, historical I guess uh, traditions and see how they might translate over into like the modern setting. But also I think, you know, you also when you read these stories, um, there's like a few things that get brought up. Like if a mortal were to see a god, they would die because it would be so spectacular. Like they'd just be like, I think like, oh God, Simile, literally like her body crumbles, crumbles apart when she sees Zeus in his true form. Um, so I think it's interesting you know, if, like, these mortals were to, like, see the modern Olympus, they'd probably not understand what they were looking at. And I think it would be fair to say that, like, the gods would not share technologies with 
the, the models in that way. And so, so to me, it, make, it makes sense. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. So you had the ending in, in mind for a while, right? Mm -hmm. um, what would you say is like one of the most satisfying detours you took along the story? Uh, like maybe an event or something that uh, you, you didn't really think would happen, but it just did, kind of did because of the characters? Um, I think, ooh, that's a good one. I, I think probably, so I'm really bad at measuring. Um, so if you were take, to take me to a country fair and they had like the jelly bean guessing game and you were like, how many jelly beans are in here? And I'd be like, 10. And they'd be like, try again. And I'd be like, a million. And they'd be like, still wrong. And I'm like, I can't do it. Um, so this was planned, but it took way longer than it, I thought it was going to. But basically there's like a bit where uh, Persephone goes to stay at Hades' house. But like that, that went for a really long time. And I was like, yeah, she's going to be there for like three episodes tops. But I'm like, I think it's like at least 15, <laughs> something like that. She was there for a while. <laughs> yeah. So, and I enjoyed that. That was fun. It was a good, it was a good kind of like a cozy time in the story before it was upsetting. Mm. It's fun. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, did you always intend for the format of Lone Olympus to be comics? And if so, what was it about comics that lent to telling your story? Um, I don't, writing is definitely, like, not my first strength. Like, it's definitely the drawing component. Um, and all the time, I'm like, how did I do this? <laughs> I don't know. And it's so scary. <laughs> All the time, I'm like, I think in the beginning, when I first started out, I was like, I, like, even the concept of making 20 chapters, I was like, I don't know if I've got it in me, so, I don't know. <laughs> so, it's definitely, um, I did, the art definitely came before the story, and sometimes when I'm, like, doing, like, a big, I guess, a big doodle, <laughs> like a very technical term. Like a lot of like that process will actually give me like the writing ideas, um, and it's sort of like art first, and then uh, drawing. I mean, and then writing. But now I will. Uh, I've gotten like the hang of it a bit more, so now I can like actually write an outline without doing the drawings first. So it's been a good learning experience. Yeah. So no spoilers, obviously. Okay. But um, are there any? stories, myths, characters that you wanted to touch on that you haven't yet or that you just won't have time to do for the story. If that's spoilery. No, no, it's fine. I think one of the things that I try to be conscious of is like I love all of my supporting characters equally and I wish that everyone else loved them too but not everyone wants like a massive side quest about like different characters and I do think it's important to like be like here's the supporting characters and this is what's happening to them because they help enrich the story and like give a bit of breathing room but it's, it's, uh, it's a definite balance of learning when to draw that line of when people are like I don't know who these characters are and I don't really want to like participate with them right now but it's fine you like what you like um I think one of the things that I would have done had it made sense there's kind of like no easy way to put it in at this point was it was supposed to be like an expedition to like uh Poseidon's like ocean world and they want me to do like some stuff in the ocean world but I'm like uh, I just don't like there's no good place to fit it in and 
I'm like, I'm like, never say never. Like, it could definitely, yeah, it's a spin-off for sure. I'm like, you know, could always come back and do it, like, later on. But, yeah, it was just something where I was like, oh, yeah, I don't, it throws off the pacing. But, yeah, we never got to go to, like, the, the underwater, not the under, the ocean kingdom and see what it's like. And it's very chaotic. <laughs> It's, it's very like nobody's doing the dishes <laughs> nobody's doing the laundry but everyone's very chilled out yes um, were there any cultural differences you think uh, or when you were like coming across or doing your story that you felt that uh, maybe things might have to be touched up for modern taste uh, like stuff maybe I don't know like uh, from the Greek myths um, adapting them into like a modern story. Yes, it's very, it's very hard because Greek mythology is uh, it's, it's it's very like uh, universal, oh, yeah. and it's like the uh, the backbone of Western storytelling, and it's it's ubiquitous. But like a lot of it is very like it's very dark, um, and even like even particularly with the adoption of Persephone, like if I were to tell that, like beat for beat people would be like ma'am you need to get off the internet like <laughs> hand in your twitter hand in everything you need to go like you gotta get out because I think some people are like this isn't accurate and I'm like did you want to insist like here you go <laughs> like is that what you wanted I'm like, I don't know so yeah like you do have to you know take some and leave others and you know I mean someone else can do that it's cool <laughs> yeah you get my drift Definitely. yeah mm. last question something I really love about Laura Olympus is your fashion choices for Persephone thank you so how do you choose what outfits basically you're going to put her in and what they represent for her journey um so I love picking out clothes for her and I try to like again like before I mentioned about like you know a, a, a character's growth isn't necessarily linear so I'll kind of like spot in things but in the beginning she's like wearing a lot of like white um, and there was sort of like a structure with that in the start in the sense that like Hades is like wearing a suit all the time Persephone is always wearing white so they like could potentially get married at any point like they look like a they coded to look like a bride and a groom because like initially at its core like that story is like a, about marriage and is like important in some like regions of like ancient Greece they told it is like a marriage story in some areas so I was like I'm going to honour that part of the story but in terms of like Persephone's growth you'll see like later on in the series she starts to like wear more green and then later on she's like in the arcs that we're currently wearing, having she's wearing a lot of like blacks and like dark blues but occasionally she will still wear some pastel colours and for me it's about keeping a balance because I'm like I don't think that Persephone should like have to give up like whole elements of her identity so it's important for me to like mix those different colour palettes in but in terms of like silhouettes and things um, I try to pick things that are classical and like um, just like really nice like uh, A-line cuts or like fit and flare like that kind of thing like the, the shapes and silhouettes like they're meant to age very well so they'll look good in like 10 years time and like not all of the fashion in it will look like that some of it will become terribly dated but it's like me in an effort to like future proof some items um yeah 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 Oh, was that? No, that was great. Okay, cool. Was great. Yeah. All right. Okay. So earlier you mentioned, you know, having the light moments before all of the heartbreak, which I think 
exemplifies Laura Olympus, like we're laughing and then we're crying. Um, what is the, I guess, what is your trick, because I know there's not one trick, to kind of managing that give and take that balance between the two? I think it's a cultural thing um, to do with New Zealand and we're very like, you gotta laugh in the face of evil. Like a lot of our jokes are like are, like dark in terms of like, we'll be like we're having a terrible day, ha <laughs> ha kind of thing. So I think we really like understand liberty <laughs> where I'm from and it just feels like a very natural thing to do where sometimes something bad will happen and I think in an effort to like balance that out we'll like find a way to laugh at it so I think that is just something that comes very naturally to me I think there are times when I'm like is this appropriate to put a joke in here because I'm like I don't want to be insensitive but like for me personally I feel like I always manage everything with humor um, and I think that works for other people but yeah levity is hard it's a hard balance for sure have I always made the right call? I'm not sure, but I do try. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if this was asked, but it was. What was the? I guess the Greek myth that kind of sparked your interest in uh, that whole uh, catalog. Hades and, like, and Persephone. Yeah. <laughs> that was is, it. Yeah. Is there a myth that you feel you would be up for like remixing? Oh gosh! Like in terms of like another myth, I think. I really like, I did talk about like a fable before, but I will turn back to myths because I feel like I remember it now. Um, I really like uh, the Odyssey, of course. Yes. But I really want to do something from like Penelope's point of view. And I think like Madeline Miller's already done like that. She's got like a previous version. But I would really love to do a comedy about Penelope because I love that woman so much. Yes. So that would be fun. That yeah. would be so good. Yeah. Be good. Yeah. 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 So if I could, that's what I do. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.